Good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between the two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go and give us a call? It's 499-9526. Of course, area code 225 in case you're outside of our local calling area. That's right. And if you do happen to call outside of our local calling area today, be the farthest caller away, <laughs> you will actually receive a free Agco t-shirt. That's right. We'll USPS that right on over to you. And we don't get that many out-of-town calls, so your odds are pretty good if you call from anywhere out of the state. There you go. probably going to land a t-shirt. Hot dog. <laughs> I had a fellow that actually emailed earlier this week. He said, man, why don't you send me one of those t-shirts? I said, well, you can earn normal shirts yeah. <laughs> by calling the show or by taking the Agco Auto Quick Quiz. Either way. On the website. That's right. Easy, easy, easy. It's just in case something occurred to you during the week or you just don't care to call in. All right, you can visit our website and get your questions answered that way. The address is www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Right. Easy way to remember that. It's the acronym Altazan's Garage Company. Mm-hmm. It gets you to our site, and there's a contact bar on every page. You can send Lewis an email any time of the day or night using the form from the site mm-hmm. and get you an answer back within 24 hours. That's right, and generally a lot sooner than that. During the day, I normally check my email several times. So you may get an answer back within an hour or sometimes 10 minutes, just depending on how to be sitting at a computer or not. Right. But within 24 hours for certain, even if I'm out of town, I always travel with my laptop and I get those questions answered. Even over the long memorial holiday, you'll well, still be answering right. questions? I may or may not be around, but I will still have that laptop with me. That's all right. <laughs> it's kind of an old dinosaur, but you know, it does everything I want to do. That, that's all you need. <laughs> that's right. Of course, while you're on there, just look around. There's tons of things to do. Like we mentioned earlier, the Agco Auto Quick Quiz is one of the things. Uh-huh. You can win a free Agco t-shirt. There's also several other fun things to do on there. There's a Identify the Part Contest, another little contest that if you want to be an auto tech, it just asks you a few questions, see where you stand as far as your knowledge level. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> might make you real happy. Might, might make you real sad. That's Don't know. it. You might be surprised. <laughs> you just never know. And, of course, the vehicle questions. It's over a 1,000 questions that have already been asked. People real emailed short, or yeah. short-to-the-point answer to a particular question. That's right. When folks call in on the Automotive Hour, a lot of times they'll ask an interesting question. I'll go ahead and add it to the database. Or if people send me an email, I'll generally try to add that to it. So uh-huh. there's lots and lots of those in there. You may very well find an answer to the question right there. And the detailed topic section is probably where I guess the true meat of the information is at because that's a much longer article. Generally, those will go around a thousand words with photographs and so on and so forth, and it'll explain in detail a specific topic. For instance, we were starting about four weeks ago on a series on air conditioning, right? And this actually became a four-part series. The final one went on this morning. And I would say it will tell the do-it-yourselfer or the enthusiast just about everything they need to check on an air conditioner. I'm not going to say it's going to make our AC service professional out of you, but it will definitely tell you what to avoid doing, what to do, how to do it properly. A lot of great tips. Oh, it is. It starts out with the electrical side of the system. For instance, if the clutch will not engage, what are some things to check? Uh-huh. And a lot of people will call me and they'll say, my AC is not cooling what can I check? And this will go into the relay that operates it. It'll tell you about, of course, obviously the fuses, how to check the clutch to see if it's good, switches, control circuits, and such as that. Even talks a bit about the actuators and stuff under the dash. Right. The next section goes into refrigeration gauges, how to read a set of gauges, what those numbers mean, what the relationship one gauge to the other means. And this is how you diagnose the system. 
if you know that, then you're going to be able to diagnose your own problem pretty Correct. easy. And you can buy a set of pretty good refrigeration gauges for under $50, a really good set for probably $100. And you could actually diagnose a lot of your own problems right there. Sure. It's just learning how to read those gauges. Knowing what the pressures are supposed to be and what the relationship of one gauge to the other is. So this has got pictures that shows you how all that works. The next section goes into finding leaks in a system, which is probably one of the biggest problems you see. Yeah, it takes a few pieces of specialized equipment. And, of course, the, the most basic thing is just a general inspection, just looking it over. And this shows you how to do that, how to use soap detectors, which are really inexpensive that you can use yourself. Then it goes on and to electronic leak detectors and so on and so forth is that dye that you can add to the right. system. So there's a lot of things a do-it-yourselfer can do with very minimal investment to find the leak in the system. Today's section that went on this morning will actually talk about repair of the system, things such as replacing an air conditioning compressor. And one thing that shocks a lot of people is that an air conditioning compressor never just dies. The compressor does not ever just go bad. They don't Something. wear out. They don't go bad. Something, Something always causes it. it. That's right. And if you don't find what caused it, you will put compressor after compressor after compressor. And actually, we had a, a little vehicle <laughs> in the shop that had three on it. Yeah, actually four. We were putting the fifth one on it, and it was because the problem was an intermittent bad condenser fan, and it was overpressuring the system, tearing the compressors right up. Right. And in the course of about a year, the lady put four compressors on it. And each time a compressor fails, it contaminates the system, which is a huge, huge deal to try to clean up. Well, correct, because uh, all that metal gets thrown through the system. And if you've ever cut one of those condensers apart, oh, yeah. we actually took that condenser out of that car mm -hmm. because it was stopped up. Right. And we cut it apart the other day. Mm -hmm. You would be surprised how small those tubes oh, are. They're almost microscopic. You almost can't see them. Right. They're just tiny, tiny little holes. And when metal gets in those, you're not going to clean it out. No. Forget cleaning a condenser. It's not it ever going to happen. It's going to stop up, and that's going to be the end of and it. And so this article will tell you not only how to repair a compressor once it fails and keep it from recurring, but also how to keep it from occurring in the first place. Correct. Because there's some things you can do that will prevent a compressor from going bad, recognizing the symptoms and some things that you might do. So great, great series of articles all about air conditioning. Pop on there, see what you think, www.agcoauto.com. I think you'll like it, and I know you'll learn a bunch. We're going to our phone lines with Brittany. Good morning, Brittany. Good morning. Yes, ma'am. I was calling about my Honda Passport 2000. Okay. Um, it wouldn't start. Like, it wouldn't start, but when I put it in neutral, it'll start. Okay, when you say it won't start, Brittany, it won't crank and it was return the key it, it doesn't do anything no sir okay you see you got to be a little bit careful because there's starting and there's cranking which are two different things and there's actually an article on the site that kind of tells you the difference when you turn the key and it goes but it doesn't start that's considered not starting when it doesn't crank it's a whole different series of things now you kind of gave the tip away right there Brittany, when you said it will start when you put it in neutral that is almost always going to be a switch that is on the side of the transmission called a manual lever position switch and what the manual lever position switch they call it mlpl what that does is keeps you from inadvertently starting the car while it's in gear in other words it will okay. only let the car start in park or in neutral but since you start it in park 99.9 percent .9 of the time that position can wear out and when it wears out it doesn't know that it's in park so it won't let the car crank now, when you shift it to neutral, you're moving it to an unworn part of the switch, so that's why it starts when it's in neutral. Not too big a deal to change. I think the switch might be kind of pricey. You'd have to call a Honda dealer to find out, but it's not too hard to change. I think it's on the outside of the case. 
kind of important to get that fixed, Brittany, because what's going to happen is that one day you're going to put a neutral it's not going to start there either. Once it starts to go bad, all the positions are going to fail, so you don't want to get stranded somewhere. So I'd get that looked at and get it replaced here quick as you can. Okay. All righty. Thank you. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. What's the name of the switch? It's called a manual lever position switch, and some people will call it a neutral safety switch, but the actual name of it is a manual lever position switch. Okay. All righty. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 is the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. And we're going back to our phone lines with Alan. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, guys. Good yes, morning. Sir. I've got a question for you. I am replacing a radiator in a 2000 Honda Odyssey. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a job. <laughs> is, is it? It doesn't look like it's too bad of a job. It's, pretty it's, it's a lot of things that bolt to that can't see. I did one Thursday in a 98. 9899 yeah. Odyssey. You actually have to take the battery out, the battery tray out, unbolt the coolant fans from the radiator, and then the coolant fans slide out to the right where the battery used to be. Okay. You can take those out. You got to take the hood latch because it's got that long arm that comes right. over the top yeah, of the radiator. Got, got that off. The little brace that it bolts to that goes all the way to the bottom. Yep. And you got to take that off because you can't get that other fan past it. Right. Then you can take and actually tilt the condenser as far forward as it'll go yeah be real careful be real careful push with too it. much on that you can break a line it's gonna actually bottom out against the back of the headlights uh-huh it'll come out and then as you get the fans out you got some wiring you have to contend with to get that out of the way and then the radiator lifts right out the, out the front okay just come straight out the top it's in the front. it's probably a three to four hour job if you're not used to if doing you're it. not used to doing it Okay. I mean, it's nothing you can't handle. It's no, just, it, it's, it just it takes a while. It's a lot of it to take apart. And it's you it's take not like it, someone where you just unbolt it and grab it. Right. you got to take it apart in a, a process to get the right pieces out mm -hmm. where gotcha. it'll clear and come out. Okay. Uh, that's good information. What I was wondering is, is there a specific antifreeze I need to put back into it, and how do I bleed the air out of it? Yeah, what year is that one, Alan? A 2000. 2000 is just going to take green antifreeze. Be sure you mix that with distilled water and mix it before you pour it into the car. In other words, don't pour the antifreeze in and pour the water on top. It will not mix. Okay. You have to get a container and pre-mix it or just buy pre-mixed antifreeze, which will already have distilled water in it. That particular system, I believe, will self-bleed as long as you warm it up completely, let it cool completely, and then warm it up again a couple of times. Right. The radiator is actually the highest point, so right. it's going to come to the neck where the cap is right that one is not going to be real hard it will self actually self bleed as opposed to some of the other cars which the radiator is mounted lower than the okay. than the engine then the transmission fluid that's in the radiator mm -hmm. can i save that and put it back in or do well I, I would just top it off with fresh fluid it's not going to be a great deal probably about half a quart maybe a pint of fluid right. is not all. Gonna lose much and that is a specific fluid to honda you can buy a quart of fluid from Honda for about $8, so it's probably just as well just to add a fresh fluid to it. A lot of that gets also, contaminated when you take it out. That's it, what I was thinking. Right. Yeah. It, it runs off the chassis, and it picks up dirt as it comes by. Right. It's, it's really not worth the saving it. One thing, too, Alan, be real careful depending on where you get your radiator. Spring for a Honda radiator, you don't have any problem, but a lot of the cheaper aftermarket radiators, we found where they have a lot of debris and contaminants in that radiator cooler part from the manufacturing process okay. and if you don't go in and blow all that out real good or use some kind of cleaner to get it out it's going to circulate right back and that's on the other side of the filter there's that fluid's already gone through the filter so that's going right into the transmission and i've actually seen people destroy a transmission with a cheap radiator 
So wow. just be sure they actually make a transmission cooler flush, which I think is available in aerosol that you can blow through there. But you would be amazed. I've taken a white cloth, put it over one edge, blew the flush through the other one, and I mean metal and debris and solder and everything else comes flying out of it. So many of those things are made offshore now, no telling where, and they're just not doing a real good job of cleaning them up. Right. So be sure you do clean that real well before you hook your lines up, or you may end up with a transmission down the road. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, guys. All right, man. All right, sir. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526, number if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour. I think we can catch one more call before the break. We got Ray online. Good morning, Ray. Morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Look, I've got a uh, 1999 Silverado pickup truck. Okay. Got 159,000. Okay. I don't sound like a flying in the, I don't know if it's in my transmission. I don't, I mean, the transmission don't slip. It don't. When does it do it, Ray? What brings whining on? When you first take off. Will it do it with the car sitting still? No. Okay, only when you're driving. Only when I'm driving. And any only into the, after the first shift, you don't hear it no more. Mm, okay, well, that's not good. That does sound like a transmission problem, Ray. The most common thing would be something like the filter is stopping up and the filter is whining, but the filter is just a symptom of the problem. Something had to stop it up. So that means the transmission is probably producing a bunch of debris, which indicates a big problem. Now, it's possible that a sprag could have failed or a bearing could have failed in the transmission, but if it stops when it gets out of first gear and it doesn't do it when you're not moving, that's almost going to always be the transmission. Pull the dipstick out, Ray. Drop a little bit of the fluid on a piece of white paper and see what color it is. And there's an article on my website that shows you the color it's supposed to be and what indicates a problem and what doesn't. Basically, if it's pink, to light brown that's not too bad if it's dark brown or black and it smells burnt you're in big problems but you can have a barren failure without burning the fluid so check that first if that is black or burnt smelling you're definitely into a transmission if it's brown or pink you might try dropping the pan and seeing what's inside if it's got a bunch of shiny metal floating around the fluid take the filter and cut it open and if you got little pieces of metal inside that filter, then you're into a transmission. Wouldn't be a bad idea just go ahead and cut that filter open anyway. Yeah, service trans, you're not going to hurt anything, right. and you might buy yourself some time. Well, I'm trying to make a decision. I mean, the truck's in excellent shape. Yeah, well, man, I mean. I want to keep it or? Ray, you can build that transmission better than it ever was for probably around $2,500. And I can absolutely uh-huh. guarantee you can't buy a truck for $2,500. Not, not, not even close. Right. So it's going to be a good deal. And I mean, we can build that transmission better than it ever was to start with. I can fix yeah, the way it never go out again. Actually, where are y'all located at? I'll tell you what, go to our website, agcoauto.com. It'll give you a map from anywhere in the world. Oh, okay. All righty. All right. Okay, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. I sure thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, thank sir. you. Hey, we got to take a quick little break. Be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. You take the highway. That's the best. I get your kicks on Route 66. For more details on an alien aircraft that landed in North America, we go to a press conference with General Toms. We have been able to communicate with the aliens using a special intergalactic code, and they are an inquisitive bunch. Uh, Questions like, uh, is Carrot Top an android? 
Um, why are those birds so angry? Uh, and uh, who actually did put the bop in the bop shoe bop shoe bop? Sir, is it true they asked for a tow to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair? Yes, they actually explained to me about Agco and having repairs done for the overall lowest cost. They learned it all online at agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. It seems like across the universe, everyone knows that Agco is the place to go. Did they seek any more information? Yes, they were curious to know the mysteries of the turducken. Sir, I've often pondered those myself. Welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Aldersand, with Mr. Brian Terry. Truth Tools try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Why don't you give us a call, 499-9526. And, of course, Erico 225 will get you to us from anywhere in the continental United States. That's right. With that comes the farthest distance free T-shirt offer. That's fact. You just go ahead and give us a call. And be sure you tell the producer where you're calling from, so that way we can get your name and address and Send that shirt Send that right, right out, out to you. Oh, right out Monday morning? Uh, Tuesday morning. Absolutely. Mir across the street owns a little Lebanese restaurant. He's actually going home this week to Bangladesh. I gave my Agco t-shirt. See, I want a picture in front of something in Bangladesh. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. So, yeah, I kind of cheated on that. But, you know, yeah, well, just hey. barely. I didn't yeah. actually cheat. I just kind of fudged it a little yeah. bit. All right. <laughs> All right. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> That's right. Hey, I'm desperate, man. What are you going to do? You know? <laughs> desperate, desperate times call for desperate measures, there you man. Go. Your last caller mentioned, is the vehicle worth the repair? And that is a question that we get an awful lot. And I think only the owner of the vehicle can make that decision. Right. Nobody can make it for you. But so often, particularly when people have a pretty nice little car, we'll get cars like a Toyota Camry. And let's say it's a 98, 99 model. And it needs a timing belt, it needs a set of tires, it needs this, that, and the other. And the people may be facing a $1,500, $2,000 repair bill on a car that's 15 years old. Right. And they say, is this car worth doing that? I said, well, you think about it, you got a good little car there. It you does know it. everything you want. The only thing wrong with it is that it needs some maintenance. What else can you buy for $1,500 that's going to give you another couple, three years of driving? Exactly. Because There's nothing if, out there. If you have started looking for used cars, I know you did not right. too long ago. Kind of in the market again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, $15,000 will buy you a bucket of bolts with 100,000 miles on it. Oh, yeah. That's got all kinds of problems. Probably more problems than the car you got already. Right. It's very, very slim market, I'd say. I've got a couple of customers who own used car lots and they tell me man i could sell 200 cars next month if i could get them right I they just, just can't, get, can't anything. get cars a lot of it is people are holding on to cars a lot longer a lot of it is the new car dealers who traditionally used to turn the used cars over to used car lots to sell new cars they're not selling new cars so they're holding on to their cars right people are basically keeping their cars awful lot longer even the cars at the auction yard that's right are bringing top dollar what has happened is that the cars that are on the market are either just worn completely out just nothing you can do with them right it's 15 years old it's got two hundred fifty thousand miles it's been abused or they're just so expensive that you just can't hardly afford them i mean certainly still cheaper than a new car but 
with right. new cars topping 40, 50. Even 60. Yeah, a lady was in the other day, had a fairly new Ford Expedition, and it was $55,000. That's crazy. Yeah, it really is. It really is crazy. But it's not at all unusual to find used cars costing $30,000. So is this car worth putting 2000 into? Absolutely. Right. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be your cheapest way to go. You know the car. It's dependable. You already know how to work on it. If it does what you want it to do. Oh, yeah. Now, if it doesn't do what you need it to do, then you need to back up and regroup. Well, if you are tired of this car, you hate this car, which I've seen a few, I hate this car. Or I, people I've are hated it for years. Trying to haul a lawnmower in a yeah. Corolla. Right, you know? right. Doesn't meet your needs. Hey, God bless you. Go buy a new car. Or buy or, something. Or another car. Right. But as long as you're happy with your car other than what's wrong with it, and there's actually a calculator on my website where you can go in there and you can type in your car, the current value, how much you plan on spending on it, so on and so forth. Uh, another car you're looking at, the value of it, and so on. It'll calculate for you and tell you what the payback is on uh -huh. that. So it's called a buy or keep calculator. And you can type in the gas miles of both cars if you think gas is going to make right. a big difference. Or this one gets 16, the new one's going to get 30. Type all that in there. Type the price of gas, cost of insurance will be calculated for you, all that sort of thing. And you would be amazed how much a car is going to cost you to replace and how little it costs generally Just to keep, keep it going. It. Right. So obviously the best thing is to not get to the situation where you need a major repair as best you can by doing the maintenance on it. But inevitably when that happens, you need to evaluate that real close to make a good decision. And we're going back to our phone lines with Robert. Good morning, Robert. Hello. Yes, good sir. Good morning. I have an F-250 diesel, 7.3. Uh-huh. The 99 model, when I bought it, the guy told me it had a computer chip, and it was calibrated for high mileage. Uh -huh. But I'm only getting like nine miles per gallon, mm -hmm. and I'm not blowing any smoke out the back. It's got plenty of power. I'm just wondering what might be going on there. It would be hard to say, Robert. I don't like chips at all. They never work out like they say they are. They always cause other problems. It could be that it's damaged the torque converter on the truck because that is one of the first things that usually goes. That transmission that comes in will not take a chip because the diesel is already making way too much power. It generally rips the torque converter out. If you're not going to lock up, fuel mileage is going to drop considerably. That is one possibility. Of course, any type of a leak or anything like that in the fuel system, fuel pressure too high, a number of things. You just have to get someone who services diesels, have them check it and see what's going on. And if you don't have the original chip or the original computer to put it back the way it was, you might look at what it would take to do that. Those things just cause all kinds of collateral problems. Yeah, that's, that's what I was considering, mm -hmm. but I just didn't know how... I don't know anything about computers. Yeah, so. you're going to have to take that to someone and have them do it for you, I'm sure. Okay. All right. Do y'all work, work on those? No, sir. I don't service that particular thing. Okay. All right, sir. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. All right. 499-9526. Number, Craig. Hold on. You're going to be straight up after this break. There are reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For more, we go to field reporter Jack McClinn. Dave, the alien ship has malfunctioned, and they're actually communicating with General Toms via intergalactic code. I uh, see. Your ship is broken down. You want to be taken to our leader, the president? Oh, to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair, where they don't just work on cars, they fix them. Sir, he's correct. You can trust the honor honest, knowledgeable team at AGCO to do the job right. Sergeant, it looks like we're dealing with some highly evolved life forms.
Network. Dave, I'll sign off for now, but it seems that across the universe, everyone knows that Agco is the place to go. And if you want to learn more, go to agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Wait, there's another question. What is it, General? Well, they heard Demi Moore's back on the market and want her phone number. Like you said, a highly evolved life form. Hey, welcome back. Just join us as the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldersan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Tree Tools trying to answer any automotive questions you might have. We sure appreciate you listening, and Craig's been patiently holding. Good morning, Craig. Hey, how you doing? It's Greg. Oh, Greg, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry man. That's okay. Uh, look, my dad has a car. The airbag light has come on. Okay. And he's wanting to get his inspection sticker. Do you know if you can get an inspection sticker with that on, or is he going to have to? Greg, technically you can because not every car has airbags, so it's not addressed under Louisiana inspection law. Now, if you happen to get a, an inspection guy who's a jerk, he may fail you in that. His interpretation is no lights can be on on the dash, but I have read through the law, and it is not in there. So technically, he should pass you. If he fails you, you might just ask him to show you where that's a failure. And if he's really a jerk about it, you can go to the protest center, which I think is over in West Baton Rouge Parish, and I think they will override him on that. Because I don't see in the law anywhere where it addresses that you have to have airbags functional. Okay, Particularly if you have seatbelts in the vehicle. And, and he can bring it in, y'all can diagnose why Absolutely. it's on, right? What kind of car, Greg? It's a little uh, Hyundai Accent. Yeah, those we have seen a lot of trouble with the seatbelts. And believe it or not, the seatbelts will set the airbag light because they're part of that system. They have oh. a part on them called a pretensioner that it's almost like a shotgun shell inside the seatbelt. When you get in a wreck, it fires and drives a stake through that seatbelt to lock it. And those will fail a lot. That's the most common thing we do on those. Oh, I'm dang. And it's not a huge deal. I mean, it's, it's a couple hundred bucks, but not a huge deal. Yeah. Well, I got I got to bring uh, my truck in again anyway. All right. Don't forget to uh, <laughs> my check engine light just came on today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we take care <laughs> so of both of those. Check that out too. Oh, absolutely. All right. All right, Greg. Thanks, Thanks, man. Bye, bye. All right, four nine 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 five two six number. If we can help you in any way, you go ahead and give us a call. Of course, two two five is the area code. In case you happen to be outside of town, we that's right. Really like hearing from folks outside of town. And we'll just, take calls from just about anywhere. Oh, hey, you just give us a call, man. Long, long, <laughs> long as you can speak English, we're gonna be in good shape. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have a translator on yeah. staff right at the moment. Well. But, uh, Kind of like Harvey Wilson, you start saying, I can speak any language except Greek. There you go. He said, well, how about Spanish? Well, it's all Greek to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, we'll go with that. We're going to go back to our phone lines. We've got Tim online. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Yes, Good morning. sir. I've got a 2001 Dodge Ram pickup. Okay. you all seen it before. Okay. The air conditioner mo- blower motor has, sounds like it's got squirrels and birds in it occasionally. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe trash or A lot whatever. of times it is. But it sounds like it may need replacing. Well, Tim, and what you want to do first before you change it is to pull the blower motor out. It's fairly easy to get out of there and make sure it doesn't have a bunch of leaves and stuff up in it because it can suck leaves and debris in there. I think under certain conditions, it can even <laughs> suck napkins and stuff out of your glove box. That is the most common thing that we see. Check the box, too, when you get the motor out. Yeah, and the fan feel and blades, around in there make sure there's make no, sure nothing the box inside is the clean box. Too. Because if something fell off when you pulled it out, when you put it back in, it blades sucks right, right back, back up. And then you'll be doing it again. So. Right. But, yeah, it's not a real tough job. It's over on the right-hand side. You'll see it, and you just take the bolts out, take the wires off, and I think there may be a little rubber tube or something going to it. Take that off and just pull straight out. 
got a squirrel cage on it. Just clean it good. Clean up inside that box. Check it for cracks or anything yeah, like that. Make sure you don't have a blade. Because that's just a broken. plastic cage that runs on the end of that motor. And sometimes they'll crack. Now, what year Dodge is that, Tim? 2001. Yeah, they had some trouble with the doors inside the evaporator case breaking on those, which will give you a very similar problem, which is a much, 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 much bigger problem. And is the air volume coming out of your dash about normal? Feels good? Playing it air feels blowing? pretty good. It may, be a, it may be a little short on the uh, max position. I, yeah, I'm not real tall. when the air volume starts to drop, there's a part in there called a recirc door that will break. It's plastic door. They'll break, and when they do, they fall down and block the airflow. And your air conditioner won't cool as good on a hot day. It'll cool okay on a coolish day. That's a pretty big deal. you got to pull a dash out to fix that. Well, let's go back to that part where you said it was easy to get the <laughs> motor out. There you go. I, I've actually Hope springs and, eternal, and, uh, man. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm meeting with some a bar across underneath a glove compartment box. Yeah, I think and that blower motor's on the outside on now in 2001. On the outside? I think so, yeah. Yeah, the squirrel cage will be on the inside, but I believe the blower motor's on the outside, and the squirrel cage comes off with it. Check under the hood on the right-hand side. and See, now, I wouldn't swear to that because it's been a while since I fooled with one, but most of your dodges, the blower motor comes out from the outside. If not, I mean, you can send me an email, and I'll look it up for you in service data because I'm just going by my memory, which is getting worse by the day. <laughs> but I don't believe it's too big a deal. I know the guys change them in the shop a lot, and it never takes more than an hour to change it. Well, that's good. And let me tell you about uh, part two of this question. <laughs> the rest of the story. The rest. It's got a leak. I have been manually putting in 134 in it mm-hmm. periodically, mm-hmm. and it's, it's leaking. So the system mm-hmm. needs to be given some attention. Yeah. Certainly beyond my capability. Yes, sir. And I got to tell you, Tim, the most common thing on a Dodge of that era, beyond question, probably 10 to 1, is going to be the evaporator core leaking. That is extremely common on them, and you're not going to see leakage on the outside. You're not going to see oil spots and all. But, again, the dash is going to have to come out to fix that. So if you're going to address the problem, you want to do everything while you're in there. Generally, when we change an evaporator core, we also change those doors that break, and we also change the heater core. Reason being, by the time I spend eight hours to get the dash out and put it back in, the heater core is about 80 bucks, and they go out too. I don't want to spend eight hours taking that out, put it back together. Next year, your heater core goes out. So right. when I do it, I am generally going to fix the doors. I'm going to fix the heater core, fix the evaporator core, and be done with it. Now, it is mildly possible you could have an outside leak, but I got to tell you, Chrysler has a pretty good AC system except for that evaporator core. We rarely see leaks on the outside, but we see those leaks on the evaporator absolutely just chronic and by the time they get a few years old or if the system has ever been overcharged at all what it'll do the higher pressure will actually unfold the little folds in that evaporator core and it'll start leaking on you very 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 common that's probably the case i would almost bet it is the motor and the the blower motor and all that'll come out when you do the other so no you see fooling with that it'll all get fixed at the same time and no extra charge well that sounds like the ticket Mm -hmm. okay all right tim Thank you a lot, Louis. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye. All right, 499-9526, number. If you want to be part of the automotive, we'd love to have you. You know, that's one thing about air conditioning. If you got to go into the dash, Uh you might as well do everything while you're there. Because that is a very labor-intensive repair. Very much like a timing belt or any other job that requires a lot of labor to get to it. While you're there, it's only prudent to change the other parts that fail a lot 
that are in the immediate area. Sure. It's sort of like a compressor clutch on an air conditioner that goes out, and you've got 150,000 miles on the compressor. It's kind of foolish to put a new clutch on a compressor with 150,000 miles because most time you have to remove the compressor to change the clutch. Correct. A clutch costs two-thirds the price of a compressor with a clutch. Yeah. And you got a compressor with 150,000 miles left How over. How about that? So, yeah, a lot of times you can spend a little bit more. Nobody wants to spend more than they need to. Right. But you don't ever want to spend less than you should have. Exactly. And with air conditioning, that is just about always the case. You want a thorough diagnosis and a thorough job the first time because it's expensive the first time, but it is outlandish the second time. Right. (laughs) It just explodes real quick. So you want to get that fixed right the absolute first time. Hey, we got Craig online. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, guys. Good morning. sir. I drive a 2006 Toyota Tundra, oh. uh, 125,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. I am wondering if this, I've never done anything but change the oil and filter and put a new set of tires on uh-huh. it. Uh, I'm wondering at this point, is there some things oh, absolutely. that I need to be like timing belt? Yes, sir. You're past due on the timing belt, Craig. That was due at 105,000. And it's not going to break the next day, but it is going to break. And we had a nice little car towed in earlier this week with a broken time belt on it, and it pretty much got towed out to St. Vincent de Paul yesterday. So that's pretty much a car killer if it breaks. And yeah. Toyota sells 105000 so I would not push that beyond that. Be sure when you do the timing belt, we're going to do the water pump and the coolant and all that anyway. Right. But I would probably look at the spark plug. They're, they're going to be due or very, very close to due, and it's easier to do while you got it all apart. The transmission other thing, service. yeah, if you hadn't had the transmission serviced, I would look at that. That's due at a hundred thousand. I pull a very heavy boat, okay. So I'm I'm thinking that the tra- that you know transmission maybe breaks a good tune up, maybe even a new set of shocks. Or a, a friend of mine in 2006 said he had brand new shocks. You're breaking up real, real bad. Craig, you might call me back if you didn't get a full answer. But the shocks that come on a Tundra are pretty good. They may actually still be fine at that mileage. And I don't see just throwing money away for nothing. But we could drive it and tell you for sure. If they need changing, we can do that. But that car is very, very much like a man 58, 59 years old. He can live to be 90 if he starts taking a little bit of care of himself. But if he doesn't start taking care of himself right now, He's going to have major, major problems right down the road. It's not going to be very long. Right. A good idea would be to bring that vehicle in and get a general inspection done on it. Exactly. That will tell you exactly where you're standing now in relation to where you should be. And where you're going. This is a perfect time to head off a lot of problems. Sure. So, yeah, you can actually do yourself a world of good by getting that in pretty quick. I hope that answers the full question. If not, just call right on back. Hey, we've got Ronnie on the line. Good morning, Ronnie. Yes, sir. I've got a 1999 Grand Marquis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got 224,000 miles on Wow, okay, good. And never had any transmission work. Dealers recommended I do the transmission oil and filter, do a service on it there. Mm-hmm. Yes, it would be a good idea. Now, just be sure you don't get a flush. You don't want a flush. You want a true service, which is dropping the pan, changing the filter, changing the fluid, and so on. Right. And I've also talked to guys at transmission shops mm-hmm. that said with the amount of mileage I've never done, never changed it. Ronnie, we get this Uh, call probably at least every other week. That is uh a old wives' tale where transmission shops are reluctant to work on a car that old. If you do absolutely nothing, the odds are that transmission is going to fail in the future. I mean, if you don't do anything but keep driving, it's going to fail. It's 224,000 miles, already past due, Uh hadn't been serviced. And if they service it and it fails the next week, you're always going to blame them. So they just don't want to touch it. But it's kind of like I hadn't brushed my teeth in six months, so I ain't never going to brush my teeth again. 
Right. No. You know, it makes no sense. A proper service can absolutely never hurt that vehicle. It uh-huh. may buy you some time on it. It would certainly mm-hmm. have been a lot better if you serviced it several times in the past, but that's right. water under the bridge. doesn't matter. Right. You cannot hurt that transmission doing a proper service. Now, if you okay. go in and do an improper service, you can hurt it. People can go mm-hmm. in, they can knock wires off solenoids, they can put the wrong fluid in it, they can hook the filter up wrong. There's lots of things that can cause problems. But a lot of transmission shops, just because of the age of it, it's sort of like doing a heart transplant on an 85-year-old man. Right. Uh-huh. He's, he may die the next day. Nothing to do with the heart transplant, but, you know, the family's always going to blame the doctor. So right. a lot of shops are reluctant to touch a high-mileage unit like that. But, no, to answer your question, cannot possibly hurt it. Just make sure whoever does it knows what they're doing. I personally would not choose a dealer for a service like that. I'd take it to someone who knows what they're doing. But that's yeah, going to take Mercon 5. What year model was it, Ronnie? That's a 1999. Okay. That would be the choice. Yes, sir. You can job. change all 12 quarts of fluid in that one because you got right. a plug on the torque reverse. You can get every bit of fluid out of it. Filter, retark the valve body bolts, put it all back together. It may buy you some time. I can say it's going to fail at some point in time just because transmissions don't last forever. Eventually, uh-huh. they do fail, and you know it may fail the day after you service it, but odds are that's going to buy you a lot of time, and it's going to keep on going. They were saying something about the, the you know, it's built-up varnish on, <laughs> on stuff and all in there. Oh, uh, there's, there's a million old wives. Yeah, no, that doesn't hold water, man. That's ridiculous. A proper service cannot possibly hurt it. And the key word being a proper, proper service. service. Yeah, improper service, yes. You go in and flush it, and you may take it out because you're right. stirring up the trash that's in the pan. It's going to restrict the filter even further. So, yeah, right. that can damage it. You put the wrong fluid in it, yeah, that can damage it. You don't do the service right, right that can damage it. And it can just die. I mean, it's just an old guy. You know, got a lot yeah. of miles on it. It hadn't right. been serviced. But I think that – now, I may drop the pan and say, hey, Ronnie, look, man, you got a chunk of metal here. You got a snap ring laying in the pan. You're on your last legs. No, At no. least then you know. You, you can start right. making your plans. Hey, I'm not going to go out of town in this car. I'm just going to kind of pull it around and see what happens. Or, hey, let's go ahead and fix it now before it breaks or whatever the case may be. But right. if you like the car, even if you had to put a transmission in it, you still dollars ahead. Right, yeah, because we, we put about 2,400 miles a month on it. Mm-hmm. And we like to have the service done. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I, I definitely would. Done. I mean, it's past due. I wish we'd done it sooner, but, hey, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah. I had it done. had one of those flushes, you know, where they – Hook it up and yeah, yeah, right. flush it no, out. That's you know, no like good. That's that, that's actually bad for it. That actually does more harm than good. All G- that does stirs up trash, plugs, filter up. GM has actually come out with a bulletin saying, "Do not flush our our transmission." Right? Do not. Yeah, they're really yeah. Yes. Them and a lot of other people yes. are actually coming out with those now. Yeah, because I had this done at about forty thousand miles, mm-hmm. but uh, chances are it was know, probably clean enough at that mileage right, to where it didn't do a lot of harm to it. Just wasted just, just a little money. Good, yeah. Got a nice wallet flush. Yeah. Yeah, Just lighten your wallet a little bit. There you go. (laughs) Right. And all there. So uh, it wouldn't hurt it to anything because one guy talked to had a car the same year as Mm -hmm. mine Mm -hmm. and said he, the same type vehicle, and said he'd. It did his, and his overdrive went out shortly after. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the man who's 90 years old. He never ate a Brussels sprout. Right. You know, he eats a Brussels sprout. Three weeks later, he dies. That Brussels sprout always what killed him. Right. You know, not the 90 it, years. <laughs> right, yeah. So, yeah, anything can happen. Like I said, it's right. already a unit on its legs. I mean, it's been a long time. It hadn't been served, so it could die at any time anyway. But, no, proper service will not hurt it. Won't hurt it. Okay, I'll get a little bit of a rough shifting every now and then. Well, I'll tell you, hold on through the break. I'll be glad to answer that for you. Okay. Sure. All right, we got to take another quick little break. We'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour.
There are reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For more, we go to field reporter Jack McClin. Dave, the alien ship has malfunctioned, and they're actually communicating with General Toms via intergalactic code. I see. Your ship is broken down. You want to be taken to our leader, the president? Oh, to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair, where they don't just work on cars, they fix them. Sir, he's correct. You can trust the honest, knowledgeable team at Agco to do the job right. Sergeant, it looks like we're dealing with some highly evolved life form. Dave, I'll sign off for now, but it seems that across the universe, everyone knows that Agco is the place to go. And if you want to learn more, go to agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Wait, there's another question. What is it, General? Well, they heard Demi Moore's back on the market and won her phone number. Like you said, a highly evolved life form. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Between the two of us, try to answer any questions you might have. Go ahead and give us a call. We're glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. Talking to Ronnie just before the break. Okay, yeah, every now and then I get a little rough shifting. Yeah, well, see, that's a whole different matter. Now, if you already got a problem with the transmission, we may go in. They have a lot of trouble with the accumulator springs breaking in those, Ronnie. And if the spring breaks, it will still operate, but it will shift rough. Now, if you don't address it now, that jagged edge of that spring will eat a hole in the case bore where the accumulator piston goes, so the cost of the repair is going to go way up. So be sure whoever you get to service it, you mention to them that you're having a rough shifting concern because while you're in their service kit, you can drop that valve body and check for some of those things, and you may be able to correct that just by replacing a spring or a piston at this point. Now, you right. got to decide how much money you want to put into a transmission with that many miles on it. Right. Again, if I drop the pan and there's a handful of metal and a piece of snap ring laid in the pan, if you want to just bolt it back up, we can put it back together and you can drive it as long as it lasts. Or you might say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and rebuild it now just to head off a problem because I don't want to be broke down. But you can make those kinds of decisions. It's just extremely important to get the accurate information to the guy servicing the car. And in Don't this, assume that a service is going to fix that problem. Right. Try to get as much detail right. with the technician working on the right. vehicle. It shifts rough between the second and third shift. Yeah, at 35 miles at an this hour mile, or, right. or whatever. As much detail as you can give him, the better off you're going to be. The more money it's going to save you because it's going to go to the problem a whole lot faster. Yeah, because it doesn't do it all the time. It's, if it, it doesn't do it at all, it's a problem, and it's going to get a lot worse. It's not going to go mm -hmm. away. It's something you're going to need to deal with. The sooner you deal with it, the cheaper it's going to be. Right, okay. When y'all drop the pan and do the service, you own it there, y'all would – we don't automatically do that, no, no so you'd have to let me know that you're having that problem because there's no. Yeah. when I do a service, I just do a service, which is right. not going to change the shift at all. It's just going to prevent maintenance. But if you let yeah. me know you're trying to find a rough problem, I'd do a pressure test on it, try to isolate the problem before I go in. While I'm in there, there are things I can look for. Instead of right. having to do it twice. Right. Exactly right. Yeah, because sometimes it'll do it, and it's kind of when you're just kind of driving at a speed of around 30, 35 miles yes. an hour. And, you know, that may not be a transmission problem at all. Exactly. That could actually be an engine running problem because the two sound exactly alike, but I can usually tell mm -hmm. you by driving it which one you got. Yeah. I just changed the brain in it about 3,000 miles. Mm -hmm. The computer went out on it. Mm -hmm. But uh, this had been doing this prior to that. Yeah, not, not a computer-type issue. Could be right. uh, engine running problem, or it could be something in the preliminary stages of failing in the transmission. So get it in. We'll glad to look at it and see what we can find out. And let's see. We're going back to our phone lines with Bobby. Good morning, Bobby. Hey, Lawrence. How you doing? Hey, Brian. Doing great, good morning. Sir. 
Well, I heard your analogy about taking care of yourself at 58, so I got a question. Why didn't you tell me when I was 58? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's never too late, man. It's just yeah. never too late. Well, like, like I said, that horse is down the road. You can see him with field glasses. <laughs> Here's my question. Just, just enjoy the heck out of the show, guys. It's Thank great. You. Thank you. Two things. Lewis, when you're stuck in traffic idling, is it uh, any uh, benefit to the car to put the car in neutral? No, sir. And it's not. No, okay. sir. All you do is wear out the shift linkage and wear out some of the valves in the valve body. It automatically, Tarkover takes care of all that. There's really no advantage okay. to putting it in neutral. All right. And the other thing is, here's my question. How long, if I anticipate sitting someplace five minutes, mm-hmm. shut my car off or let it run? Or three minutes or one minute or ten minutes? Can Actually, you give me a- yeah. You could probably benefit from cutting the car off, Bobby, just because okay. the energy it requires to start the car is almost negligible. And cars don't like to sit idling. That's the worst thing you can do to them. And you're burning fuel for no reason. With gas, even today, I saw it for three I'm like, wow, how cheap is that? But gas is up 3 to 4 bucks a gallon. You're not ever going to save enough by shutting it off. So, I mean, if I was going to stop at a red light, I wouldn't cut it off. But if you are going to be sitting for any length of time at all, a minute or so on, I would just shut it off, recrank. It's one of the things that the hybrids, which I've never been a fan of, but the biggest savings you get with a hybrid is that every time you come to stop, it shuts that engine off. And right. it's got an engine in there a, about the size of the starter motor because the starter motor and the hybrid motor is the same thing. So it can crank just virtually instantly. You don't even hear it crank. It's just It's got a huge starter motor on it. And that's how most of the savings are derived, just by shutting it off every time the car stops and running everything on that big battery. So that's where the real savings with a hybrid comes from. And so people okay. are paying a whole lot of money for something they can do it manually. <laughs> well, Lewis, I tell you what, I would have lost a whole lot of money. I never thought you could in- convince intelligent people to buy hybrids, but they're buying them. Yeah, I, I tell hey, you look, what. Everybody got their own taste. Well, they just. About it, but, uh, so. You know, if, if people were good math students, they wouldn't be a lottery. And there wouldn't right. be a lot of other sure. things going on. Yeah. Probably yeah. wouldn't be near as many criminals because they'd know the odds. You know? Right. But, right. yeah, you're not ever going to pay for a hybrid with the gas savings. Not ever, right. ever, ever. The maintenance right. on them is horrendous. The repair cost is horrendous. The initial cost is more than you're ever going right. to save in the life of the vehicle. So, But like to each his own. Yeah, I almost had a heart attack when you told that guy was eight hours later to pull that dash out. And oh, yeah. <laughs> And people don't realize how much it costs and how much cars are costing. And as you keep telling them every week, right. all they're doing is they got a whole lot of stuff. The on new them ones are cost a whole lot of money. 10 times worse than the old ones. Yep. All right, Bobby. Yep. Take care, guys. Thanks, Thank man. you. Appreciate the call. Bye-bye. All right, I see we are just about out of time, so we want to go ahead and start winding things on up. Tell right. how much appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on Automotive Hour. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week, and go to the iTunes site and give us a rating. Right, if you rate us and if you subscribe to us, boy, that would be great. But uh, we didn't get any ratings last week, so I don't know if we maybe, maybe we had a bum show. Man, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really appreciate your written ratings. That really helps us out on iTunes. Just uh-huh. more folks listening, so. Go on there, give us a rating. If you're not sure how, go to the website. It'll give you instructions on how to do that. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.